Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. Before we started, just seeing everybody come in, um, you know, I was thinking today we're talking about impermanence and the preciousness of, of impermanence. And um, maybe had a little bit of that arising, just the, the gratitude that comes um, when we maybe practice a little bit of reminding ourselves of this preciousness. And seeing everybody come in, I was just, I mean, I always am just so amazed at how lucky, how lucky we are to be able to come and sit together and and seeing the familiar faces that really make up um, a sense of, of community and, and togetherness and um, and to help each other through times of impermanence, you know, to really, really be there through those times and have that current of that understanding of this loving kindness and equanimity that abides in each and every one of us that as we go through as a group and as a sangha as a community as we go through those ups and downs where is that current of of love of uh just said equanimity connectiveness you know how many of you have been coming to um long beach you know, inside LA, Long Beach Sunday sit for maybe over over six months or more. Raise your hand. How about um, a year or more? How about um, we'll make a jump two years or more? I forget how long we've been here. Almost four years coming up, right? Okay, so make another jump. Three years. Raise your hands higher. Three years. And almost from the beginning, but, uh, yeah, isn't that incredible? It's so incredible. And I just uh, really, really, really thank you for your practice. It is so easy to wake up on a, on a Sunday morning and do something else. Yeah, but just the commitment to our own inner, inner happiness is quite uh, quite amazing. So th this impermanence, um, how many people really enjoy about talking about impermanence? Death and impermanence. <laughs> Yay, here we go again. Such a foundation of Buddhism. You can't get away from it, really. It doesn't matter where you go in different traditions, whether it be in Zen or Tibetan or Theravada. They're always going to bring up this wonderful topic of impermanence. And I want to start off with actually this, um, what I find a very beneficial aspect of the remembrance of impermanence. And obviously, without impermanence, there would be there would be no growth. There would be no life. Yeah, a baby cannot could not grow into 
um, adolescence and the teenage years and, and into adulthood. And we want to be able to experience everything that we get to experience, right? Because everything would just be static. There'd be no, no shifting, no changing. Yeah. There wouldn't be any life at all. Like life itself is impermanent. This is why we get to experience sadness and joy and, and uh, calmness and serenity and anxiety all these wonderful experiences, all because of impermanence. But it's also because of impermanence that the path works. It wouldn't work without impermanence. What I mean by this is that the, the path is one of transformation. So obviously, if we find ourselves in a certain situation, if we couldn't move beyond that, then there's no way to reach this liberation. Yeah, we'd be static. So we absolutely need impermanence. There's a saying when, uh, especially in Theravada, when they talk about impermanence, that everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. And everything is going to be okay, especially if we take um, the tools that we have available to us. If we take kindness, if we lean into life with kindness, if we remember things like, like impermanence, like the unsatisfactory, uh, unsatisfactory nature of all external existence, like dukkha, right? So right view. If we remember these things, then through the merit of our practice, and because of impermanence, our life is going to get better and better. Yeah? Everything is going to be okay. I was at um, the motocross track last weekend, and in, in the bathroom they had this old 80s, um, this old 80s style uh, affirmation poster. Do you remember those? They had like the wave... <laughs> and it would be like the, the ocean wave going down, and then they have like that success quote, you know. And uh, it was all, you know, it's been around since that time. It's all hammered. And um, it said, um, "Success begins when you take the first step towards a worthy goal." Now you become successful the very moment. Yeah, I'm going to mess it up. But you, you become successful the, 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 when you take the first step towards a worthy goal. And I thought, that's impermanence. You see, like, we, we are where we are, but Evander Holyfield said it's not where you're at, it's where you're going. I, mean, I think that's, maybe he didn't, wasn't the first one to say that, but when I heard it. It's not where we're at, it's where we're going. This is impermanence. Yeah. So we could take this, and on one hand we have the Eightfold Path, and on the other hand we have the defilements, yeah? We have attachment, aversion, and ignorance. And so every single moment we, can, we could access the Four Noble Truths, we could access uh, uh, sila, ethics, yeah? Or we could access attachment, aversion, ignorance. This is a permanent. Which one are we accessing? And when we access attachment, there's a story of this. Um, it's actually a priest, and 
on his little bicycle route, there was a young man selling bagels. And it was 50 cents uh, for a bagel, but he didn't want a bagel, so he would just throw in the bucket 50 cents as he, as he rode by. And he did this for quite some time, and, and finally the, the young man waved him down. And so the, the priest stopped, and he, and he said, Oh, you want, you want to know why? I don't, I just throw quarters, you know, in your bucket, but I don't take the bagel. He says, no, I just want to let you know that the bagels went up to 60 cents. It says so funny, like, we just want more, you know, he's getting 50 cents for nothing, you know. So this is attachment. This is attachment. We always want more. Even if we get something for free, we still want more. This is attachment. And then aversion. Ill will. There's, there's no wisdom in that, yet still we do it. One of the best analogies you know, for this is like um, we have a bucket of coal. When we have ill will, we wanna we wanna throw hot coal at somebody. <laughs> so what happens there? Yeah. First, the first to throw ill will, right? To have aversion towards even someone or, or, or even something. First, we burn ourselves. <clears throat> first thing, yeah. And then we th then we throw. And I forget what what monk I was listening to. But he was saying, you know, because we, because it's hot and we're hurting, even when we throw, we miss. And a lot of times it hits the people around us. You know, it hits our family members, right? Our loved ones or something like this, yeah? So there's no wisdom in that. But there's so much wisdom in truth. So much wisdom in truth. There's this wisdom, peace, yeah? Contentment in truth. A lot of stories are coming to me now. I'll tell you another story. <laughs> there, was a, there was a Native American... And he was taking a long, long hike. Long tra uh, they were traveling to a, a destination far away, and he's with his two grandsons. They're walking for a long, long time, and it was very, very, very hot. Swel sweltering, uh, swelter sweltering? Yes. So, hot. Yeah. And the grandson, he was saying that they knew they had no water, but they knew that there, are, there was a river ahead. And he could not wait to get to the river. Could not wait. And so when they got to the river, the two, the two grandkids flung themselves into the river. And they were drinking while they were swimming. And just oh, felt so much bliss from finally, re finally reaching this destination. And grandfather, <coughs> one grandson was telling his story. He said, he looked and grandfather, he looked over at grandfather. And there he was, like usual. He knelt down 
at the edge of the river and he was praying. He was praying with gratitude for everything that the river had to give. And then very, very slowly, with the utmost gratitude, he just took a cup of water and he began to sip this, his own bliss, yeah? So he asked Grandfather, why is it like you're not affected by the, by the heat? Like how can you not just be like, you know, completely overwhelmed and just need all of this, um, this coolness? Like why is it that you seem so content even when it's, when it's this, um, this brutal, there's so much suffering, you know? And he said that he looked at it, the grandfather looked at him and he's almost as if, like, I don't know if you're ready to know the answer to this, you know? But he simply said, because it's true. Because it's true. It's so beautiful. Like, he said, you know, I'm aligned with the truth of things. There's no, you see, there's no dissonance there. He was just aligned with the truth of it. The truth of heat, hot weather, yeah? This is the truth of it. And, and when our mind is rehearsing and rehashing, when it's grasping, have attachment and aversion, you see, we're not able to sit in the truth of things. Yeah? When we're not in, in line with impermanence, it's not exactly, uh, it's twofold. It's not what are we grasping onto, but what are we missing? This is the bigger picture. What are we missing when we're away grasping? <clears throat> Which we are. I, I am all the time. I watch my mind all the time. I'm rarely here. In the very definition of mindfulness, sati, to remember. What is it? when we're actually sitting just here. This is the whole invitation. This is the whole invitation. And we have monastics, for example. They're giving us an example of, you know, you don't need to be, you don't need to have a partner to be happy. You don't need to have the nicest things in the world to be happy. You don't need to have sex to be happy. You don't need to have three meals a day to be happy. You don't need to have the favorite restaurant to be happy. You don't have to have a career path to be happy. Right? All these things. This is are the saints and sages of all times. This is what they've been saying. And if we recognize impermanence, only then do we say, okay, even what I'm grasping, even if I get it, it's impermanent. Even if we got everything we ever wanted, that's impermanent. But also remember, too, that when life sucks, that's impermanent. <laughs> yeah, it works both ways. And, and this is where we're at, and this is what Buddha said. You know, he said, life sucks. First noble truth. Not all of it. <laughs> right? Not, not all of it. But it's definitely present. Yeah. And especially that which we have, like, almost in a neurotic way said, this is happiness. 
There's definitely suffering in that. There's definitely suffering in attachment to things, as far as happiness goes. Yeah? So there's a meditation that we could do, and it's called Good Enough. Good Enough. That our life as it is in this moment is good enough. We're using the opposite. So our partner is good enough. <laughs> Mine is totally awesome. <laughs> Very tight. Our, our car is good enough. Our job is good enough. Our clothes are good enough. Our pots and pans are good enough. Yeah? Our shoes are good enough. There has to be a moment, and this is the beauty of meditation and stillness, where yes, we want to strive for better within ourselves and within our, our life on a relative level. But when we sit for meditation, we're sitting there with the faith that actually right now is good enough. And we have everything that we need. Everything that we need. It's there for us. And it's and everything else outside of ourselves is good enough for now. Yeah, the food we have in our stomach is good enough. Our memory of our to-do list is good enough. <laughs> we don't need to remember everything we need to do. It's just good enough, yeah? We can sit and be right now. This is good. Yeah? So I thought we'd do... Let's do a good enough meditation. And this is a free-flowing meditation. And we actually allow our minds to be engaged. We allow the mind to flow. We allow the mind, the thought stream to arise. And as you meet, as you meet your thought stream, just remind it that it's good enough. Yeah? There'd be no problems with thoughts coming, no? Like, yeah, everything will come. Yeah? And also, your meditation, this meditation, all meditations, guess what? They're good enough. Yeah? However this is. So come into it with non-judgment as well.
and to make sure if it's not arising already to fold in yourself I'm good enough good enough to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve most of all sustainable happiness and contentment We could even grasp that enlightenment is outside of the now. It's in the future somewhere. What if the conditions are good enough for enlightenment to be had today, in this moment? on all the merit that you've accumulated and having faith that that will, arri that will ripen in this moment all the causes and conditions are good enough for your own nirvana to arise you're sitting in the faith of that, in the faith of your own Buddha nature for a few moments. Nothing needs to be added, nothing needs to be taken away.
and then releasing the, the practice part and just resting. And this knowledge of impermanence is also just so we can release attachment and aversion and sit with the ever-present moment, being present with presence. So maybe we'll break into little smaller groups, no more than four, and we definitely have to use our inside voices. Quite a few of us in a smaller room. What what came up for you with good enough? That what's arising, what you have now is good enough. Um, so maybe just turn to the people next to you could be, again, three people, four people, no more than four people. It sounded like way too much fun to be talking about impermanence. <laughs> Maybe I was already transformed into joy. <clears throat> Anyone like to share with the larger group what came up for them? Yeah. Earlier, your uh, your talk reminded me of, of some other words somebody had taught me once about impermanence that were like helpful. Like your talk has been really helpful today. Um, 
which was that you know impermanence is a, a reason to have aversion it's a reason to go all in and it was really a nice thought and it was his his approach was you know some people think imper some people take impermanence almost like nihilism like why bother right everything's going to change so why bother mm. but his point was everything's going to change so go all in and really be with it and so that today wonderful. you when you were talking it reminded me of that again it's it's how it, i find it very helpful wonderful thanks yeah it reminds me of is like we can't if we do if we do not contemplate death, we don't contemplate life. Mm -hmm. Only when we contemplate the ending of something does it become precious. And it could even be like, I'm leaving this job, which I never liked, but oh, I'm going to miss it now. You know, like there's certain aspects <laughs> that I actually did like. There was a person, there was this thing, or this, my commute was really nice, or something, you know? And all of a sudden, we extract something that we didn't know but what a, what about our existence you know this preciousness of being yeah thank you um uh, i recently lost someone uh that i've known for a while and uh, i um i remember thinking after he passed that i have to i didn't tell him i loved him enough and that i must tell everyone i know i love them i must mm. do that and uh, it's all in. Thank you. Yeah, when I came in today, I was having, processing a lot of anxiety. I have mm. stuff coming up that I can't really influence certain things about. And that's not place I like to be in mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I was you know I knew the topic was going to be helpful so I did that whole invite your demons to tea thing when I sat down and started you know mm. okay <laughs> come on in yeah hang out see you later when you're done yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I'm good now I mean it's a, so it's a you know it's a rough start I'm glad that the practice gives me something to work with Wonderful. Thank you for sharing. So for me, when I think of impermanence, I automatically go to loss, loss of, 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 of a life or a relationship or an opportunity. But today when you said impermanence, I, I felt so happy because as Casey knows, I'm going through a really busy time at work and I'm working a lot and really stressed out and I thought, and then and then we start talking about good enough I, I thought because I'm during the meditation my task list was going through my head of everything I have to do and I thought, you know what whatever you get done is good enough so thank you day and just kind of uh, acknowledge that what is here uh, is enough um, and I was thinking um, you know what if I put that into practice like every day just you know take a moment 
and just rest with um, acknowledging that what is here is enough. Mm. Um, so I never like thought in the past to like put it into practice. Like it just kind of, I just thought about it. You know, I do other things, you know, like yoga, practice meditation, um, but to actually just rest and like, what is here is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, a certain like release that I, that I felt. So I just, you know, curiosity, how would, what would change um, if I just kind of made that shift? Thank you. Thank you. We were we were talking and about the good enough and really um, I mean for me what came up was like freedom and joy it was like now I can have some fun kind of thing like yeah. there's no striving or that's just such a great feeling like good enough and then we were talking about our cars <laughs> <laughs> and now um, I have an old car and I've had. You know, and I feel like it's a girl, and I've had it for years. And we were talking about the American Indian, and I mean, I talk to my car, it's like, oh, it's so hot, or, you know, are you okay? And then you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, you're doing such a good job. <laughs> and I feel such a gratitude, like, to, you know, mm-hmm. the car gets me there safe, and it's like, oh, I just love you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and she's just more than good enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's one thing when I do the good enough I when I think of the things that I have it's like I extract the good from them you know when I'm thinking that's good enough like this chair is it's a sturdy it's an old chair it's a sturdy chair though it's a, it's a good chair but yet when I find which I do all the time I just want you know the shiny next shiny object I want this and this and this I just we don't even look maybe you do it too just that this is good enough Oh yeah, so it's just that this—it's all this relational shift, yeah, with our reality to make it look in a different way. So, I love that because that's just a great example of—you can have a totally different perception of that. You could every day you walk out and want something better, want something newer, compare yourself to other. Comparing mind could arise, but how you how you look at that. It's just phenomenal, and it brings so much. I can feel your joy. And you almost you have a love, you know, of appreciation for that and gratitude. That's just like an amazing part of, of your beings ignited like that. I'm gonna super downer this happy car story. <laughs> what happens when the car, you know, doesn't work anymore? And do you feel like it's my car and you know the sadness over this thing that was consistent and reliable not being there anymore I feel like that's how I deal with impermanence the most because you know the thing that I like I don't know my dress or whatever that I've had for years and like my mom bought it for me and it's like oh it just goes with everything whatever I come up with all these reasons why this dress is great mm-hmm. But I made those. That's all in my head, you know. And then when my daughter barfs on it <laughs> and I can't wear it anymore, 
the <laughs> suffering <laughs> of that not having my dress and I was going to wear it next weekend and blah 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 oh, and yeah. like all of that I deal with that impermanence a lot that like all of the stuff that I like in my house <laughs> like <laughs> is just what I make it and mm -hmm. there's complete impermanence in mm -hmm. every bit of it no matter how long I had it or how often I use it or how much I like it um and I'm at home all day, so I'm with my stuff a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> it's so, the same stuff. That's, yeah. Yeah, so. You know, and it's it's either, I mean, she, and in that moment of the death of the vehicle, there could yeah. be attachment or there could be release, yeah. you know, and same thing with yours. But just to acknowledge that they're both stories, right. yeah, and yes. not innately right. true, right, right, right. Uh, you know, from their own side, if we carry that with us, see, then we're always free. You know. So that's how I experience impermanence, I'd say, like, more yeah. frequently. It's like, oh, this thing doesn't work. You know what? <laughs> that was my attachment, expecting right. it to work. <laughs> and I think to experience impermanence before it becomes impermanent, mm -hmm. like the division of it. So right. this is what we're practicing. Um, I'll end with this, my favorite impermanent story, which I've told many a time. But it's the, it's the, Zen, the, the Zen teacher, and he has a favorite tea mug. And uh, and everyone knows it's his favorite mug. So as you know, one of the students is handing him that tea mug, it, he it slips out of his hand and it breaks. And everyone's just like, oh, his favorite tea mug breaks. And of course he's like fine with it. And uh, they said, well, you know, why are you fine with it? It's your favorite tea mug. And he says, because it was already broken. Aww. So he recognized it. Aww. So you like your 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 dress or what what not? You you recognize that in this stage of being you can appreciate because and you appreciate even more this stage of being because you know it's already puked on yeah. <laughs> i told yeah, my husband you know. the cup story and now yeah. everything that happens he's like the t-shirt was already barfed on. yeah right <laughs> the carpet was you gotta already be careful who you on. tell these <laughs> things <laughs> thanks thanks <laughs> right yeah. he says that all like, the time now <laughs> This is for your own internal. <laughs> Not for you to remind me, sucker. <laughs> okay, maybe let's just close our eyes for a moment. Let's dedicate the merit of of our time together to all those people that are suffering from these amazing natural disasters, these really catastrophic natural disasters. They're seeing impermanence in the most concrete, the most vicious, and sometimes all-encompassing way. When one of us reaches some sort of realization and insight, Many of the saints and sages believe that we all can feel that insight. We're all connected. So sending these thought and heart waves of love and compassion and most of all equanimity to all of our brothers and sisters that are having hardship right now. May they find peace and rebirth out of this destruction. 
May they feel connected to their community, to their own Sangha, whatever that might mean to them. Om Mani Padme Om. Thank you all so very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.